listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. Hey guys, thank you for joining us again at the Lead Defend podcast. Seth is out for today, but I am here with Brian Hughes. Brian is the college pastor at First Baptist Church, Texarkana, Texas side. Mm. So, okay, tell me, Brian, Texas, Arkansas, if you had to make a choice, where would you land? I'm a diehard Texas. Mm. You just haven't experienced the goodness of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I've been on the side of Arkansas like three times since I've lived in Texarkana. What? Literally, Texarkana is half Arkansas, (laughs) half Texas. You're saying that Arkansas is too beneath you to even cross that border. I don't know. They have a really good... Wendy's over there, and they have a really good Fuzzy's Tacos that on that four side four for four. Dude, living the dream. That's <laughs> the only, I'm like, they got good food. They got Naaman's Barbecue on that side. So okay, okay. I'll drive over there to eat. That's about it. So you're, uh, are you saying that Arkansas Barbecue is better than Texas Barbecue? Is no, that what I heard? Not at all. Oh, okay, okay. Well, hey, today we're here with Brian talking about leadership. Now, if you notice or look at news stories or watch news channels, you really notice that a lot of things in the news are influenced by leaders. I mean, certain names keep popping Mm -hmm. up, whether it's leaders in business, leaders in industry, leaders in politics. Leaders influence a lot. So, Brian, when you think of the word leader, what comes to mind? I just think of someone who can move people forward and and somebody with a lot of influence. Yeah, absolutely. So so when I think of leader, I think of certain qualities, Mm -hmm. but I also think of people who have a platform. Yes. But the truth is, most people probably have platforms because they're leaders, Mm -hmm. not so much they become leaders when they have a platform. Okay. So how would you say that that people develop in their leadership abilities? Yeah, honestly, I think... You, you learn by watching people do it who do it well. Yeah. And so reading people who can, who's done it or hearing stories of people who've done it, having people in your own life who mentor you in that, who help you develop in areas where maybe you're weak, and then just being faithful to opportunities that you have to lead to develop as yourself. Absolutely. Yourself. So, so, Brian, when we think of like leadership biblically, mm-hmm. who are some of the leaders that stick out to you in the Bible? Okay. I'm not going to say Jesus because that's just too simple. <laughs> okay. Um, but like Moses... Uh, David. I'm going to take that Sunday school yeah. answer. Yeah, it's like Moses, David, um, some of these guys in the New Testament like Paul and Peter, um, very good influential men who use their platform to advance the gospel. Yeah, I, I think about some of the kings too. Yeah, yeah like, for sure. Like King Josiah mm-hmm. who came to, to rule at a really, really young, young age, age yeah. and and then led a full kingdom back mm-hmm. to trusting in God. Mm-hmm. Like I think of Nehemiah also, Incredible who leader. led a group of people to build a wall. Like when this whole mm-hmm. city lied in ruins, he said, yep. "All right, we need to we need to honor God by building these mm-hmm. things." And, so, th- and the thing about Nehemiah is he wasn't he wasn't the spiritual guy. They had Ezra too as the yeah. spiritual kind of yep. leader who kind of was with him, and they almost tag teamed it. But Nehemiah just saw a need. He was like, I'm not a priest or a pastor or anything. I'm just going to see this need and I'm going to meet it. And so, well, and if we look around our world today, we know that not all leaders are great spiritual yeah, leaders. Yeah. I mean, we can say that absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we as Christians want to be incredible leaders, but also know that we can lead from mm-hmm. a spiritual kind of biblical undergirding. Mm-hmm. So, in your life, Brian, who have been some people who have shaped you in your leadership? Yeah, I would say there was a man in college. Um, his name was W.C. Garrett. He worked for the Village Church. I went to the school at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas. And so how does a person come to be called W.C.? 
He says there's that's just his dad's name, and now his son's name's WC the third. Okay. And so he's like, it doesn't mean anything. So he'll just have his own little ad libs for it. Like he'll make up his own acronyms. And, I love that and stuff. So it's really funny. But he's like, I'm just WC. I don't know where it came <laughs> no, from. No, I, I love that. Or sorry, what? sorry. Keep, keep no, telling no, us no, about no. WC. I love it. Yeah. But he was a guy who he discipled me in college, but he also just helped me grow as a leader. And yeah. He's a guy who who did it in front of me. I got to see a man who was very charismatic, very gifted in leadership and moving people forward. And then he just invited me as he as he sought to lead people and to, to and to develop me and hard conversations with me. Um, and he was a man who who really taught me what it even means to be a leader. And I, so I want to pause there on that hard conversations mm-hmm. because in, in every leader's life, I feel like there are seasons of hard conversations. Mm-hmm. For Nehemiah, his hard yeah. conversation was going in front of a king. You could kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, but I think you're talking about hard conversations that were challenging. Mm-hmm. And so elaborate on that. Yeah. Uh, there was times where where WC was, he expected things from me and I didn't show up. Or um, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes those hard conversations were just developmental. He was like, yeah. we're having a, a spiritual conversation or I'm leading an event up front. And he's like, man, you just, you could have done this better. Or... Um, here's something I can champion you in who that you did well. And so some of those conversations were um, you're not being faithful to, to what you've said you want to be faithful to. Um, you didn't show up when you were supposed to or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so taking criticism yeah. in some ways. So I feel like there are really healthy ways to take mm-hmm. criticism, mm-hmm. and then there are really unhealthy ways to yes, take criticism. Yes, definitely. Have you always been good at taking criticism? Uh, I don't. I think for the most part, especially since I've become a Christian, the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. um, I just, I take criticism well because I recognize I, I need to be teachable and humble. And um, there have been times where pride has welled up in my heart where I try oh, to absolutely. fight criticism. Yeah. And it's like, man, but look what I did. Or look what I, I'm not doing that or whatever, whatever the sentence can be. But for the most part, just having a humble mindset and thinking, man, these people, they care about me and they want to see me grow and, and develop. And, and you just got to have that kind of mentality. I think that's a key characteristic of a leader is just humility and humbleness yeah. wow. and willingness to be developed. So good leaders are able to take criticism, mm-hmm. but I think there are certain times when a leader has to criticize certain yeah, yeah, things, yeah, definitely. whether it's about their own life mm-hmm. or other folks that, that they have leadership over. Yes. Brian, we both do college ministry, mm-hmm. and I know there have been countless times where I've had to have the hard conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, how do you have those hard conversations with folks? Yeah, um, I think number one, as you as you start those conversations, is is you don't want to have it out of a response to anger or you're frustrated in the moment. Yeah, it's like no, if I'm mad, I'm not going to have the conversation in that moment. But um, I think it's coming from a humble m- mentality, a humble mindset, and think. And I always lead like lead it with, I'm thinking for you developmentally. Yeah. So I always want to say that it's like I'm not coming out of an angry heart, or I'm mad at you, or I'm disappointed in you. I'm just trying to help you grow and you develop as a leader and especially a spiritual leader. And so coming at them with that. And then always we call it the sandwich. It's like, you want to start with something good. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to find something good that you did that yeah. I'm going to highlight first. And then, I'm gonna throw, and then we sandwich it in between with whatever I'm trying to champion or develop. And then, and then I close it with, but I, I, I'm thankful for your, your willingness to do this or you did this really well. And so and so what you're saying is there's always encouragement to give. Yes. So every don't time. be quick to point out the flaws mm-hmm. without also pointing out encouraging things. Yes. And, and Brian, sometimes that's an area where I struggle personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can be that one who I, I really focus in on all of the things that we could do better or the mm-hmm. things that are negative. And, and I, I need to be able to assess, 
But these are things that mm-hmm. these folks and this team are really doing well yes. into encouraging that. I'm very pessimistic. And then the girl who works with me, Elizabeth, is very not she's very optimistic and she'll she'll challenge me sometimes. It's like, man, Brian, but this happened. Yeah. It's like, man, this went terrible. And she's like, but did you see this? It's mm-hmm. awesome. And so even just having her help me develop as a leader. And I'm the one who's supposed to be leading her. And yeah. so uh, man, there's so many so many times where I've been pessimistic where I only saw the negative and needed to have needed to be critiqued myself. So Yeah. So Leadership, uh, Dr. Tucker, who's our executive director of Arkansas Baptist, he says this a lot. Leadership mm-hmm. is a gift that's handed to you by people willing to follow you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, for me, really clarified a lot of things, that every person that I have the opportunity to lead is a gift. Like, they're mm-hmm. gifting me their, their following. And so, understanding that, how would you say that that changes the way that a person leads? Yeah, I think if you see it as a privilege, mm. it's like you you don't you don't have a pri- you have you should have a privileged mindset. It's like this is a gift from God ultimately. Yeah, even a guy who's not a Christian, it's a gift from God that He's given him, and just having a privileged mentality. It's like not everybody gets this, mm-hmm. and then recognize. I think a big part of that as well for me isn't just the gift, but also they have to be willing to follow you. Yeah, a person. Wow. Sub- they're saying there's something about you that I'm willing to follow because I believe that you're giving me something. Mm-hmm. And so it's a benefit to me to follow you. Yeah. Some people just think of leadership. Of, if you fill a room with a thousand people and they're willing to listen to you, then that's leadership. But wow. I think leadership is you have people who are willing and they're actually excited to follow you and where you're headed because they see there there's some benefit that they're receiving. And then some people just think a, a king is just a great, a king is just a leader. I can be like a king and have a, a great following, but they're not loyal and willing to, to do what he's calling them to do, then I don't really call him a leader. And so, Well, and isn't it interesting how kings inherit a yeah. followership? Mm-hmm. Uh, but true leaders mm-hmm. are ones who develop, followers, yeah, it. and develop and earn it mm-hmm. through uh, sometimes difficult situations. Yes. And so, so, Brian, tell me this. As you were thinking about your life as a college student, high school, going mm-hmm. into college, and then... Uh, kind of transitioning schools as part of your story. Mm-hmm. So how did you set out to develop as a leader? Um, I would say, oh, this thing just messed up my, my headphones. But uh, <laughs> I would say I wasn't even really looking for it. Yeah, I think there was men who saw characteristics in me mm. who, wanted, who called it out. And so I remember going back home. I went to Houston Baptist my freshman year, moved back home to South Fort Worth area, and there was a youth pastor, the guy who actually led me to Christ. Um, he was like, Brian, I see some qualities in you because I wasn't even about ministry. Yeah. I was like, I just want to go to school and be a business major like yep. you. I'd end up not doing that. But uh, he was like, Brian, I see these qualities in you that I, was, I feel like you could really be a good leader in our mm. youth ministry or so on longer down the road. Have you ever thought about ministry, stuff like that? So there was people who saw qualities in me, and they just wanted to champion them and develop them. And, and then whenever I started seeing it, and seeing results is like okay, this it, maybe this is a gift that I have. Yeah, it's like wanting to develop personally was just there was a statement that's that's did that's really stood the test of time for me as a leader is leaders are readers number one. Okay, if you're not reading, you're not a leader. Like if you're not willing to, to learn and develop um, in in what and, you believe. And, and some of that I think people use that statement quite often, but some of that shows humility Mm -hmm. that you're willing to learn from other leaders and say, I don't have it all figured out. But some of that is also saying, I'm constantly trying to grow. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's another truth for leaders that that a constant striving for continued growth. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So 
it's like leaders are readers or readers are leaders. You can say it either way. And then the num- number two one that's really caught with me is more is caught than taught. Wow. And so you really need to be living life on life to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to catch what you're doing, the good and the bad. So if you're a leader, and especially a spiritual leader, people are going to catch what you're doing. So if you're modeling bad, then they're going to catch bad things. Yeah. Um, but if you're modeling good, then you're going to develop in things that are good. And so Now, one thing that you're passionate about, Brian, is how leadership and discipleship are kind of melded together mm-hmm. or, or kind of just one and the same. Yeah, and so absolutely. explain kind of how that philosophy is fleshed out. Yeah, I would say, um, I, because when I think of leadership, I, I tend to think spiritual leader. And okay. then only spiritual leadership is developed through discipleship. Yeah. And so every... So give us a definition of discipleship. Yeah, I would say intentionally trying to move someone forward in their spiritual relationship wow. or their relationship with Jesus, just trying yeah. to move someone forward next step. Um, and so I believe that's the method that Jesus has left for us to reach the world is discipleship Yep. and multiplying discipleship. And so you're just, for me, if I want to make it as basic as I can, discipleship, it's just teaching someone how to follow Jesus and multiply that into someone else. Well, basic is helpful for me. I was educated at Arkansas Tech, okay. so uh, that, that's real, real, real good <laughs> yeah. for me. And so when I think of discipleship, it's like I'm teaching someone how to follow Jesus in a way that they can then teach someone to follow Jesus. Okay. And so that's why I'm thinking if you're not discipling someone, you have, you're not influencing, you're not a leader. And so I tend to think of they're, they're two of the same thing. And so, but I, leadership, you can, I think you can, you can lead more than a, a handful of people at one time where discipleship really is. It's like you yep. reach a limit. It's like you mm. might be able to disciple six to eight people at one time really well. But leaders, leadership can be, no, you can influence a room of 100,000 people. But Sometimes leaders have, in fact, I would say oftentimes, leaders have defining marks in their lives that they point back to and say, that was really a season or a moment that shaped me mm-hmm. and, and was really a trajectory-defining thing in my leadership. Mm-hmm. So would you, what would you say were those moments in your life? Okay, I can, th- I can think of two really, really well. Number one... It was, I remember meeting with WC. So I just moved to Denton to go to school. Okay. And I met WC. I was like, dude, this guy's everything I'm not. He's extroverted, charismatic. He can lead a room. And I wanted to develop in all those things. Yeah. And I remember meeting with him and saying, hey, will you, will you, I said, will you disciple me? Will you help me grow as a leader? Mm-hmm. Pretty much is what that means. And he told me no. Oh. He was like, and Bro, there, was, there was reasons behind that. He told you no. But he was just like, this is what I look for in men. And at that time, I just wasn't those things. He he went through faithful, wow. available, teachable. Yeah, and he was like, "You don't." First of all, at that point, I wasn't a college student, and he was like, "I only dis, I only lead and disciple college students," and so that's why he told me no. There was there was reasons behind it. Yeah, but I just remember that moment. It's like he just doesn't accept anyone. Like he's mm. he doesn't care how hungry they are. He's like, "There's certain aspects about you that I'm going to try to develop, and if you don't have those aspects, then I can't champion them or develop them." Wow. And so that was one. I just remember that conversation. It was a good conversation, and it developed me. Even now, as I think of leading and discipling men, is that I don't. It's not, everybody's not gonna. I'm not gonna do it to everybody. And yeah. then number two, I spent a summer in Japan. Okay. Doing doing ministry on a college campus there for yeah. eight weeks, and God really used that when you're when you're literally lifted out of your culture and the things that you're comfortable with, and you're placed into a culture where everything's uncomfortable and different, and your leadership philosophy doesn't work there like it wow. does here, and you have to be humble and flexible. Man, God can really use that to develop you. So what you're saying is leadership tends to grow under the pressure cooker of change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So sure. so in like changing situations, mm-hmm. those are opportunities for you to either develop mm-hmm. in your leadership or 
for your leadership really diminished. to get washed away. Yeah. yeah. Developer yeah. diminished. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I didn't even think that's about that. That's pretty good. Put that on a shirt. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking that, and there's a book that I'm actually about to start reading. I'm going to teach a leadership seminar at Texas A&M Texarkana. Um, but we're going to go through this idea of leadership, just being yeah. willing to embrace change as a leader is one of the top qualities because our culture is ever changing. Yes. Yeah. And leaders have to be able to adapt to that. Well, and, and I, I think it's interesting because now just based on this conversation, I think back to those moments where I can remember growing as a leader mm-hmm. and they all revolve around change. Mm-hmm. I can remember serving on church staff at uh, a, a smaller church in my hometown. And and I can remember it was during a season where uh, the pastor had resigned and there weren't a lot of staff around. There was a lot of change and a lot of pressure for somebody to do something. And I was the most available staff person. So mm-hmm. I got thrown a lot of leadership. Mm-hmm. I floundered under some of it. But it was under that kind of pressure cooker of change that I really developed as a leader. Mm-hmm. And determined, okay, this is the wise way to make decisions. This is how I seek wise counsel. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, Brian, if a college student or a young adult's listening to this and they say, all right, I want to grow in my leadership, so I need to go and look for a place where I'll be exposed to great change. (laughs) It doesn't seem like that's how it works, though. Yeah. Um, So how can a person who's in college set out to grow in their leadership abilities? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm a college pastor. So number one, I'm going to say, jump into my ministry. Okay. Like if a student comes to me. Move to Texarkana yeah. and connect <laughs> with Brian into Hughes. A ministry. Yep. Um, but I would just say, seek out men and women who are leading that you know yeah. and ask them to help you grow as a leader and mm. give you opportunities. And so leaders, leadership, number one, you're not if you're not mentored, you're not going to grow as a leader. If you're not someone who's not thinking for you developmentally, wow. you're not going to grow. And then if you're not so, taking uh, opportunities. I, I, got, I got to pause on that. You yeah. would make that bold of a statement. Yeah. If you're not mentored, you are not going to grow as a leader. Yes. Okay. Hey, I would say, I'll stand by that. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I don't mean every single second of your life you need to have a mentor, but I'm yep. saying there needs to be a season in your life where someone who is a great leader is developing you as a leader. Well, and what you're saying is you have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to coaching. Yes. I, I think a lot of young adults, this was me in mm-hmm. younger years, thinking mm-hmm. I've got it all figured out. Yep. I can go and, and charge the wall yep. and take down everything that I want to do and make it mm-hmm. happen. But mm-hmm. The truth is there's a vulnerability in opening yourself up to mentorship and coaching, and that's incredibly valuable. Yeah, so coaching, number one, is like discipleship, mentoring. You need someone pouring into you, developing you as a leader. And then number two is just look for opportunities and ask for opportunities to lead. If if you're in a student org, if you're in some kind of camp as a leader or something, just thinking through um, people that you can ask for opportunities. Because me, the best chances that I grew as a leader is when they gave me opportunities to lead. Hey, Brian, you're going to – MC this meeting. You're going to direct the meeting. Yeah. You're going to be up front. You bet you got to be able to move us throughout this meeting. And, and that's also a great word to current leaders. Yeah. Be open-handed yeah. with opportunities to lead yeah. so that other folks can come and develop behind you. Yeah. I'm so big in my ministry of like, I don't want it to all be Brian up front. Like I'm going to, yeah. I want to champion what gifts that I see in my students. So it's like, I'm not going to be up front every single meeting. I'm not even going to teach every single talk or lesson or sermon in my ministry. I'm going to give younger men a chance to do that and, and women. Yeah. Um, but always thinking as a leader, who's next that I could kind of champion and give an opportunity to? Because um, so, sometimes we don't get the opportunities. 
Yeah. So you need those to develop, though. That's a good word. All right, so as we think about wrapping up, mm -hmm. what are some resources that you would say a leader needs to have either on their bookshelf or a podcast that they need to listen to or something they need to do to grow in leadership? Yeah, so I would say books that I've, that I love, that I've read, is of course Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. Okay. Uh, Leadership is a book that I'm currently reading. Now, that's who incredible. Wrote that? Oh, what's his name? I'd have to. Sorry, look I put Amazon. you on the spot. Yeah. Leadership. I think it's John Maxwell. Yeah, I think that's maybe. who wrote it. Um, and then like a, a book that's it's not really about leadership per se, um, but Manhood Restored by Eric Mason. Yes. Incredible book. I think just as a man, if, if you're a man who's listening to this, who wants to just develop, because men in this men in our society just aren't aren't, aren't leading and yeah. so that book just kind of champions leadership in men and, and developing as what it means to be a biblical man um and then just i would say the other resources is just watching men in front of you if there's leaders that you know who are good at it yep. watching them let them like learning from them learning what works for them what don't have conversations with them um have discussions with them and then podcast i, I really love is uh there's one by Robbie Gowdy called Making Disciples. Yeah. Uh, but he goes through a lot of leadership, like curriculum and language and, and things like that. And then, oh, man, there's another one I listen to on Apple. Hold on. I'll listen to it. I'll pull it up literally in two seconds. I well, was to as it. you're thinking about those things, I, I think a couple of principles that we've talked about that are incredible to apply. Number one, find a leader who's further along to mentor mm -hmm. you, to coach you. Number two, there are seasons of change mm -hmm. that oftentimes really become pressure cookers for development mm -hmm. in a season's life yes. or a leader's life. And, and this is what I'd say about this. When when change comes, don't flee from it. Yes. Like embrace, embrace it, it and recognize, hey, God really, really longs to do something mm -hmm. in this season. Did you find that podcast? Yeah, so it's right from the Heart Leadership Podcast. Okay. So it's a it's an older pastor. I, for, I forgot his name, but it's him and his son. His son's now a pastor. Yeah. But they just go through leadership language, leadership qualities, and it's about 15, 20 minutes every episode, which is awesome. Um, and in this podcast, of course, Lead and Defend, man, always an opportunity to develop and lead. Um, but yes, man, I would say change is a huge deal. And I think I've grown the most as a leader almost in this COVID season because I've had to yeah. switch my whole ministry philosophy mm. and willing to be flexible. That's so true. And change the way I want to do ministry where it's uh, more group oriented, more virtual. How do I lead a virtual meeting? Things like that. It's like you have to be willing to shift and adapt in those seasons. That's all good stuff. Well, Brian, do you want to leave us with a final word? Yeah, I would say, man, invest in someone who can mentor you in leadership and, man, embrace difficulty and change as a leader and be willing to shift as a leader. And so, I mean, if you're, if you're having those things, I mean, I, I'm willing to bet you're for sure going to grow as a leader. Absolutely. Well, hey, the next Lead Defend conference is coming up early 2021. So make sure it's on your calendar. Go to leaddefend.org for more information. We are so, so grateful that you would listen today. So until next, next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.